Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week on the Just Press Play podcast, the guys f- react to a full Sunday of NFL football. Dad talks a little bit about his fantasy draft. Then we get into a little bit of everything. Andrew Siciliano's ears, the hardship of being a fan, the Browns being the Browns, and the issues between Le'Veon Bell and that offensive line. I think I have a theory on that one. And then we get into a little college football, the U.S. Open. And before we go, we touch on Mac Miller and the news over the weekend. All right, let's get to it. All right, here we are. This is it's it's week one NFL Sunday pops. I mean, I, I know you you've had a big week. We're, it's good to have you back. We're missing one. We I, we I feel like we've been saying that a lot. We're missing LJ, but just I just what's up, pops? Are we a bipod then? I mean, yeah. is that what we are? We're, we're not. Well, if we're a tripod, we're a fallen tripod. So <laughs> I guess I guess we right now we are the the just press play bipod of the we're week. The bipod. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. What what question did you ask me before well, I got on the well, bipod? Even even with with even without LJ, this bipod is brought to you, of course, by my bookie. And I I'll update you on a little bit. I had three I had three bets this week. I bet on three separate things, and I also parlayed the three to see how it would do. It wasn't a terrible week. It could have been better, but you know who I bet it with. I bet it with my bookie and. MyBookie.ag is by far the best place to bet with if you're going to be betting at all during the NFL season or college football right. season. Right. And they got good parlays. They got different fantasy stuff. They got over-unders, total points. It's anything you could wish for. But if you're going to be betting, MyBookie's the way to go. But what you you put some money down this week. Did, didn't you uh, – you just now had your fantasy draft this weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, we had the draft uh, Saturday night. We did a little different than some. We actually draft after the first game is played. So if you picked, for instance, Julio Jones, you got the points that he scored Thursday night. Um, but but so that's – you just know that you've got those points, but moving forward, whatever. So you might pick uh, uh, Devontae Freeman – knowing he didn't score a lot of points uh, Thursday night, but you think he may score for the rest of the year. So, anyway, it, it really doesn't seem to bother our draft too much, and it's just worked out for us that we do it the weekend after the first Thursday night game is when we can all get together and do our draft. And, of course, Thursday night football, Once I mean, like it always is, and this was at the beginning of the season, so the teams had to prepare for it, but it seemed like a big old mess when Atlanta played the defending champs uh, Philadelphia. There was a bunch of field goals. Teams couldn't score in the red zone. Atlanta still doesn't know how to how to get the ball to Julio Jones. They can do it between the twenties, but once they get inside the twenty, they just can't find a way to get to him. It just it still baffles me. It's not for lack of trying. It seems like though I, it it looked to me like Julio Jones. They were gonna now. I mean, I may be completely disagreeing with you, but it seemed like to me at the end of the game where I started paying attention more. They were trying to shove the ball to Julio Jones any way they could. And, uh, I mean, kind of like you would do with Larry Fitzgerald. It just didn't matter. This is where we're going with the ball. And, you know, that last – one of the last plays, I think it was really high, and he just – he would have been the only one that could have caught it. And he did Uh, catch it. He just landed out of bounds. He landed out of bounds. That's right. I was going to say I could get confused with that damn – Receiver for Colorado State that made some amazing plays yeah, against we'll, Arkansas. Saturday. We'll get into that in just a second. Yeah, sorry for that quick digression, but that, <laughs> I remember that guy. He, I'm drafting him next year first and finish. Yeah, for sure. Jeez. Um, no, um, I agree with you. It wasn't due to lack of trying for trying to get Julio the ball at the end, but it just was like, and we're, we won't go too far on this because this guy killed all day on Friday, but they went – 
it just Sarkeesian looks like ever since Kyle Shanahan has left Atlanta, it looks like that offense is lost. And I don't know. Sarkeesian does, doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. And they went the first – they got into the red zone. The very first possession of the game, they got right into the red zone, right on the goal line. And this was their monkey on their back coming into the year. It's like, we have to be better in the red zone. And they run a jumbo package three straight times with no – Julio Jones gets them all the way down the field. And then they run this jumbo package, four straight plays with no Julio, and just run it right at them, and Philly stuffs them all four times. And so you're like, why would you not even put Julio in? And then late in the game, like you're saying, like the last chance they get, they got down on the goal line again, and they just need to score a touchdown, and they win. And I think they were down by four. And they have six different tries because Philadelphia actually ends up getting a penalty, and they throw it to Julio four straight times out of the same mm-hmm. possession. They just try the same thing four times in a row. It's just like, I understand. It's just like one from one extreme to the other. One possession, right. Julio Jones doesn't even touch the field, and then the next he's in there the whole time. And then the defense doesn't even have to like, it's not even chess or checkers. It's just we're just going to try the same thing four times and see what happens. What is and that I series just, on Amazon Prime, All or Nothing? That's, I mean, that's what nothing, it was. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. All or Nothing with Julio. So, yeah, I, I agree. They, they have to they have to do something different. Um, but but so anyway, we did our draft, and then certainly we watched the first week uh, of games. I, there were a few surprises uh, that I that I saw uh, in the first week. So or, you know, the first Sunday of games. Real quick, I want to point out. I think it is by far the stat of the week, and it was after. I mean, I, first off. Shout out to the the Red Zone Channel and and I me I think we're we're both. Uh, Red Zone Channel, like the ticket people, like Andrew Siciliano. I know Scott Hansen mm-hmm. does the the NFL Network Red Zone Channel, which is very similar. I think it's the same thing, just a different network. But Siciliano's my guy. His, his big old his big old ears. I mean, he had just I, there's nothing better than a Sunday full Man. of just watching watching him flip through games. And then like he's got it pops some Dumbo up. ears, doesn't he? I mean, he's oh, got boy. some serious. I bet he can hear well. God, I mean, he might be listening to the podcast now, like as we are recording it. <laughs> he might be able to hear us. But I think NASA uses him to listen to outer space. <laughs> I mean, wow. But I love him, man. I love sitting there. He spends the 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 afternoon with me, just watching the games, and he jumps from game to game. And there's not a, there's not a much better feeling, especially like if you're a fantasy team. Like, say you were to have. I don't know. Just say you were to have like Ezekiel Elliott as your running back. When it pops up on that little corner, update next Cowboys and Panthers. You just get excited. Like you're like, oh, did my running back score? Did he fumble? What happened? And then they show it. And it's just, it's cool. It's fun to watch. But. Hmm. Well, let me just say one thing, interject. I bet there wasn't a lot of pop-ups from highlights from the uh, Dallas-Carolina game today. No, there wasn't a lot, especially from the Dallas offense. I will tell, I will tell you this. I don't wish upon anyone to be a combination of a Razorback and Cowboy fan because, man, especially Looking this like year, a long it might be a season. It might be a tough, tough year. So, yeah, and and we won't get too far into the Razorbacks blowing their game against Colorado State or or the Cowboys. Just their offense looked in it besides one possession where they get a touchdown, but for the most part, it was. I think they converted. Like Sunday before Sunday night football came on, they showed all of the Cowboys third down conversions, which was two the entire game. <laughs> Didn't and take it long. Was, it was rough. I mean, it was just bad. Well, can I ask you one question on that game though? Yeah, go I ahead. Mean, just just one. So you've got like wasn't there like two two fifteen left? You're the Cowboys. You have fourth and ten. You've got the two minute warning and all three timeouts. You've got the ball fourth and ten on what your own forty six or something okay. like that near midfield, and you go for it. And why? Because Dak Prescott's running around like, I mean, a nervous man yeah. uh, because he, he just didn't get much time. And of course, we didn't complete the pass, so we turned the ball over. I think we did hold them. They punted, or I don't know. That's I got irritated at that, and I started kind of getting putting my clothes away from this weekend, blah, blah, blah. But then I saw we got the ball back, and uh, then we fumbled, and they got it. And I just said, the heck with it, and I quit watching. But don't you agree, if you've got fourth and ten on your own side of the field, just a little bit, you've got the two-minute warning and all three timeouts, don't you kick, pin them down, stop them, and get the ball back? I think that's what you do. Yeah, I mean, the – 
with Chris Jones at punter, we have a good punter who who's very capable of pinning them pinning them in deep when the with the Cowboys. And you have three timeouts and the two minute warning. I don't. The defense had played good all all game. They really hadn't. That was not the issue. Was the defense the issue? Was the offense? And to bet it all on that, well, you're basically betting it all on one play instead of right. betting on the defense. I. It won't be the. It's not the first, and it won't be the last that Jason Garrett makes a questionable play call. And I, a, as we just mentioned, I think it could be a long year to be a Dallas Cowboy and Arkansas Razorback fan. I agree with you. Completely. I will say so. So the stat of the week was from Bill Barnwell of ESPN. He tweeted this out. I don't, you you might have seen the Browns got so close. To unlocking those Bud Light refrigerators, where they had those like locked Bud Light refrigerators, and if they win, then Bud Light's gonna unlock them, and fans can have as many beers as they want. And they were so close to unlocking those things, they end up tying with the Steelers, twenty-one to twenty-one. I will say I'm happy about that. I went, I bet the under on that game. the 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 total was forty-two and a half, and I went really. With the, I went with the under, it ended up being forty-two. So. Wow. So I, I I just saw all the rain, and so we went with it, and then it looked like it wasn't going to happen. But so the, since the Browns had five plus takeaways in the game against the Steelers, Big Ben threw I think four interceptions, and James Conner fumbled once, filling in for Le'Veon Bell. And it was a game in which they ended up tying, as we just mentioned. But since the Browns joined the NFL, teams with a turnover margin of plus five or better are one hundred and thirty-two, four and one. They've lost four and tied one out of all 135 times that's happened. The Browns are responsible for two of the losses, two of the four losses. <clears throat> so half of the, the losses of those and then the one tie. So out of 135 times the team has turned the ball or had five plus takeaways, they've either tied or lost five times and the Browns are part of three of those. Three. Wow. It's just That's the nice. Browns are gonna Browns. It's just what's gonna happen. Ever since I've been alive, the Browns are just gonna Browns. I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> They're gonna Browns. <laughs> so, so I don't. I, we've we've mentioned how it's tough to be a Cowboys or Razorback fan, but man, you could be a Browns fan. You could be. Like a you, saw, you could be a Cleveland Browns fan, right? They were. If you saw the screenshot or after the game, they showed the crowd. The crowd was going nuts that they tied. Like they were going nuts that they were sitting there. Waited in the rain for three and a half hours. It was pouring down rain, and they were just pumped that they tied. And that's that's got to be tough. Tie's supposed to suck, and they were just pumped they didn't lose. So they won't. I mean, Hugh not, Jackson won't go zero and sixteen. Maybe they like back. to kiss their sister in Cleveland. <laughs> I don't know. Um, that's I don't know. <laughs> I will say so. We the I think it, it was clear after watching that game and then many other games that the. The penalty that is going to drive people crazy, it's not going to be the helmet penalty because that wasn't even called. I think it was called once with the, oh, you don't say an, a, a, Bing, a, a Cincinnati Bengals player hit Andrew Luck head-to-head targeting, got kicked out of the game. I, the Bengals are just synonymous for, mm-hmm. for doing stuff like that. But that rule really wasn't a, a factor in today's game. The rule that was a huge factor was it's the roughing the passer rule, but the new rule is – if you hit him, like so, say you go to tackle the quarterback, either while he still has it or right after he throws it, you can't drive a quarterback into the ground. Right. And if you watch, the, it happened with the Browns game. That's why it made me think of it. it happened, Miles Garrett went to hit Big Ben, and it was right as he threw it, clean hit. But the problem was, is after the ball was released, Miles Garrett essentially what I, I felt like he was penalized for is he didn't let his hands go and just let his body go, and he finished the tackle. And you can't finish the tackle and land with, I believe what they said is landing on the quarterback with all of your body weight. That is the penalty. And right. I just think that is going to be a mess throughout this whole season. I saw it four times today, and it's going to be a mess. And I don't know what you want these guys to do. I mean, you're telling them to go 100% and rush the quarterback, and then right as he throws it, not only do you need to to make sure your head is situated right, which a lot of these guys did, but then you also need to make sure where you're landing and whether your hands go up or whether they're wrapped around them. It just was a, a mess. What do you thought? What do you think? Well, I mean, I didn't see those plays, but I know I've seen some guys sack a quarterback where it's obvious they make sure that the full force of their weight is crashing down on their shoulder or whatever. Right. And, and I'm not against trying to reduce that. I mean – 
tackle the guy, finish the play. And I didn't see these. I probably need to see some of these tackles you're talking about, some of these penalties. I'm all for tackling. I mean, and you're, you finish the tackle. But I think I could tell the difference between trying to drive into a quarterback's shoulder and hurt him. I mean, there's a difference between tackling somebody, a, a damn good tackle, and, and trying to hurt somebody. Well, so and as you I, say that, as you say that, the first thing that comes to mind is last year when when and maybe this is kind of how the rule got created was when Aaron Rodgers got hurt against the Vikings when he broke his collarbone and you could see Anthony Barr sacked him and clearly at, at, it wasn't a sack he threw it and clearly Anthony Barr like kind of lifts his leg up and drives his shoulder into the ground and that's what ended up breaking his collarbone so I they're trying to get rid of that but it just, it's easy to see in slow motion, but these guys are going so fast. And not only are you telling them to watch their head, but you're also saying whether you land on your body weight or you try not to. I just – it goes so fast. And these quarterbacks are scrambling a lot of times, like Big Ben was scrambling when Miles Garrett hit him. It just – it's so I, tough. I guess I, guess I guess I know it's tough, but I think where you're going to see that begin to come into play is in the coaching in the practice, when you're teaching a guy how to tackle, I know, I mean, it's been a long time, but I know that there were some coaches that were more aggressive, like you're trying to hurt this guy. And there were other coaches that weren't like that. They're just trying to say, just make a tackle. And so uh, I think what I hear what you're saying, and I know this, the football purists are definitely going to go, good God, that is football. Give me a break. Yeah. But I also know that um, there is a – you can coach differently. And so I think what the NFL maybe is trying to do is saying, prepare your guys differently, coach differently, but don't coach them to drive their shoulders into the ground. Teach them to tackle. Teach them to hit hard, but don't – coach them that way because most of football is instinct it's not you're right it's you're not thinking at that second get my head here or there or whatever it's 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 instinct on what you've been taught over and over and over again in practice so if you're taught over and over and over again in practice look up see what you hit put your helmet to the side hit with your shoulder it will that will become instinctual and i think we will be able to see Less yeah. injuries. I mean, I don't want Aaron Rodgers injured. I'm telling you. I mean, and I guarantee well, you, it's, I who, don't, who is the Green Bay Packers that paid him $33.5 million a year, $2 million a game, yeah. don't want him injured. I know somebody else that doesn't want him injured, Roger Goodell in the NFL. I mean, people want to see that guy play. I mean, heck, tonight you're watching, to, to prove your point, the, the Packers, we're recording this Sunday night, but the Packers are playing the Bears on Sunday night. And the Bears just traded for Khalil Mack. They look like they're on the upswing. But if with Rodgers playing, I'm tuned in. I want to watch that game. If Rodgers isn't playing, uh, if someone asks me to go eat or go watch a movie, I'll think about it. I'm, I'm probably going to watch the game, but a lot of fans are going to go, oh, Rodgers isn't playing. It's going to be Deshaun Kaiser. Eh, okay. So Exactly. We, we want – anyone wants the bet I, I want to have more games with Aaron Rodgers playing than not 100% so I agree with what you're saying and maybe long term it's a fix but man it just seems like you're asking so much of these defensive players to rush the passer try to get there and this is one of the most important positions on the field try to get there and then once you get there and then let up <laughs> yeah and then let up yeah it's just once you get there be careful don't don't hit them too hard it just is well, like man there there's somewhere between putting a tutu on the quarterback and <laughs> and jacking him up, and we've got to find that middle ground between ballerina shoes and jacked up, and and that's what we're looking for. and And I applaud the NFL for trying. They got to try something, or the game's not going to continue to exist. In its, right. in its present format. So we got to do something, Kevin. I hear you. I feel it. I feel it from the purest point of view. And and you probably thought I would go a different direction. You thought I'd be the old I purist. Sure. Yeah. But, but, I mean, I want football. I love it. I want it to continue to be around. And so changes have to be made or it's just not going to be around. Wow, interestingly, as we're recording this, this, is, this won't be breaking news to anyone else listening, but – my TV is on, so I can see there's no sound, but Aaron Rodgers is down, and it looks like he's holding his knee. 
He just got hit, and it looks like he's holding his knee. It doesn't look good. Um, you know, the NFL is cringing. Crap. I just, yeah. Uh, anyway, mm. we'll move on because we have no idea what it is. He might have he might have a cramp. I don't know. But moving on to, and I want to get our last little bit here on the NFL before we move on. There's a couple things I noticed with uh, some celebrations, which the NFL made a good decision last year they did this where they allowed the teams to have a little more fun and the teams could celebrate together. And I will say that is a a very solid move by them because it lets us get to see when Andrew Luck, which it was good to see Andrew Luck back playing finally. It's been a long time since he was on the field, but he threw a touchdown to Eric Ebron. And I think I'll try to post it in the show notes, but it was the worst celebration I've ever seen. I don't know what they were going for. I don't know what they were doing, but it was just, it looked ridiculous, but it was fun. It was fun. It was funny. And before the NFL would have caught a penalty on it. And then there was another celebration that was interesting. And I kind of want to get into this topic with you a little bit was after James Conner scored the first touchdown, he ran a touchdown in for the Steelers. The offensive yeah. line was over the top. They went and like grabbed them and celebrated with them. And Marquise Pouncey, among others, with Ramon Foster, they went out of their way to celebrate with him. And it almost seemed like they were trying to give a shot to to one to Le'Veon Bell. To one, yeah, mm-hmm. a said player who may be at home watching instead of playing in the game. And we talked about it briefly before we got on, but. The, the offensive line kind of took shots at Le'Veon Bell for missing the game. And just, what do you think? I mean, there, there's something brewing over there in Pittsburgh, I feel like. And it's not good. I, I do too. But I think, honestly, my base do you pick a side on this. I, I would just tend to think that what I've seen in the NFL it usually is, is you don't talk about money. If a guy's trying to get his money, you let him try to get his money. And – we we've seen I we don't know what's happening to Rodgers and it may we may probably need to quit mentioning it because it will be old news by the time this gets out. But your your career can be over in one play. In one play. Le'Veon Bell is what, twenty seven. He's got I mean a thirty year old running backs don't do very well, although right. AP had a pretty good day today. Oh, by the way. He's <laughs> on my fantasy that guy, team. That I know guy nobody doesn't cares age. that but me. He doesn't but, age. But 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 he, but so you can, but by and large, you better make hay while the sun shines. And I know he's getting fourteen point four million, which is an amazing amount of money. But what's Gurley getting now? What uh, is David Johnson getting now? He needs to be on par with those guys. I think he actually is making a little more on his franchise tag than David Johnson. But it's but David Johnson it's gets fair. guaranteed thirty million. But he's today. guaranteed thirty nine million. I think yes. And 30 of it is guaranteed. Le'Veon Bell, if he gets hurt, he's making this 14.4 this year, and he's done. And he might get now, a contract, but it won't be a big deal. you know. And he hasn't got that big deal yet. He's been franchised a bunch. We, And it's the I, position, I, like you mentioned, like Kirk Cousins could kind of bet on himself because quarterback's a little less vulnerable. Running back is the most vulnerable position in all of sports, maybe. I mean, you're literally I mean, just yes. sprinting into – these men who are trying to hit you as hard as possible. I just, and so it's interesting. We talked about how you don't talk about another man's money. That's the big, that's like, I, I've never been I in the NFL locker the room, but that's from mm. everything I've ever heard. That That's the thing. Guys hold out. It happens all the time, but you don't talk about another man's money. And actually, interestingly, LJ is the reason he, me and him had a conversation. He brought up something that I think, I think he has hit the nail on the head on why this is all happening. I think Le'Veon Bell fully intended on doing his holdout, and much like last year, he would show up to camp or show up to the the regular season and be ready by maybe Wednesday at the latest this previous week and be ready to play week yep. one. Yep. And he was, and and I think the players knew that. Like he had been in contact because you know he's still. Some of the guys talk to him, whether it's Marquise Pouncey or Antonio Brown. Like, guys, they talk. And he, pro- I think he, probably this is just kind of me guessing, and LJ kind of put this thought in my head. But I bet he talked with him and was like, yeah, Wednesday I'll be there. Because there was one point on Monday they kept asking Steelers players, and Marquise Pouncey was like, yeah, we'll see. Wednesday. He'll be here Wednesday. I bet he'll be here by Wednesday. And then Wednesday came and went, and that's when you heard the players finally say something. I think – Bell fully intended on being there, and the the offensive line fully were like, "We'll just play along with this because we'll know you'll be here. Hopefully, you get your money, 
But when business is business, you'll be here. And then Le'Veon Bell saw last Saturday how Jarek McKinnon tore an ACL on a non-contact practice on mm-hmm. before before they were even in the game, and he was. And I think he kind of he hit the real. It realized to him. It could be one play, one play, and all of a sudden I go from the best running back in the game that maybe can reset the narrative on how much running backs get paid or one play away, and it could even be a play where I don't even get hit, a non-contact play in practice, and I become the aging running back who's coming off a torn ACL. And right. the, the, the dip in pay gap goes maybe 30 guaranteed million to 15 because now he's an ACL, he's coming off an ACL. And I – I don't blame him, but I think what happened was the miscommunication. The the guys all thought he was coming back, and then he just was like, "Man, I got to make a business decision." And now he's he's doing what's best for him, I think. And that means missing out on I think one hundred and fifty six thousand dollars today on Sunday. Like I lost my bet on my 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 bookie bet, and I lost. I had a parlay going with those teams. I lost ten dollars plus the ten bucks I had separately on on the Broncos to beat Seattle. Le'Veon Bell lost one hundred and fifty six thousand dollars, hundred thousand no, no, dollars, no. almost a million today. No, 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 Le'Veon, yeah, eight hundred and fifty six thousand. Yes, that's what I meant. Today, right? He missed a game check today, which I, was it eight hundred and fifty and some something uh, like fifty thousand and change. change. Um, but I mean, he's but but so you said, and this he won't he'll probably get a better contract than David Johnson, who had thirty million guaranteed. Guaranteed. So you're saying maybe I sit out a year and I get thirty million guaranteed. I play, I get fourteen point four for this year. I what's the better deal? I I understand what he's doing. Uh I do think you're on the right track. I think the, the offensive line feels a little bit like they were let down or kept out of the line of communication. But I would tend not to talk about a man and his money. I don't know. We don't know enough about that situation really to have a take on this, but uh, I think Le'Veon Bell trying to get paid is understandable because I think he's the best running back in the game, period. Yeah. I think he is the best running back in the game. And I, that's that's with Gurley. That's with Johnson. That's with whoever you want to bring up. I think I Le'Veon Bell is the best. So he, he ought to get paid like the best. Uh, do you have any more football talks before we get into uh, a little other conversations? I mean, the only th- I guess there's a few things I noticed uh, just I'd bring up um, – I noticed in the Tennessee game, Deion Lewis, you know, there was some talk, Derrick Henry or Deion Lewis, who's yeah. going to be the guy there. Uh, Deion Lewis rushed 16 times for 75 yards to Derrick Henry's 10 for 26. And then also caught five passes for 35. Looks like Deion Lewis. I mean, Deion Lewis there. was the um, best player on New England's offense last year, minus Gronk and Brady, really. Yeah, so. I'm not sure why they let him go. Um, Joe Mixon looks like the guy at Cincinnati. I mean, catching the ball and and rushing. Look good. Um, he looked pretty good. Patrick Rivers put up God four hundred and twenty four yards and three Phil, TDs. Philip Rivers or Patrick Phillip Mahomes? Rivers. Which one? I mean, you said Patrick, Patrick Rivers. Mahomes put up. Oh, did I? Well, I meant Philip Rivers, <laughs> but Patrick Patrick Mahomes had four TDs. I think. My, okay, but speaking of that game, yes. Is there any? How amazing is it to see? Uh, Tyreek Hill running in open field. My, he just, there's not many times you're watching an NFL game, which is the best athletes in all of the world playing football, and he just looks on a whole different level as far as speed. It blows by people. Yeah, the phrase "you're not going to catch him" applies to I mean, Tyreek Hill. His first touch, he touched the ball on a punt return. His first touch and took it like 85 yards for a touchdown, and then he had to go. It just. He is so fast. Like, Mahomes, that well, offense how much is going to be fun. Man. Those guys, I mean, that puts fear in a whole defense. You have got to watch because if he gets behind you, that's, gone. that's if six. It, well, no, no, no. no. If he six. gets equal with you, if he just gets equal with you, he's gone. If, if, he's gone. If he's, he's within gone. five yards of you, he's gone. It's wild. And there's not many times you can see a guy. Like, you see it in college every now and then, like DeAnthony Thomas a few years back at Oregon or Trent right. Holiday yeah. way back in the day at LSU. You see these guys that are just faster than everyone they're playing with. There's not often you see a guy on the NFL level who is simply faster than everyone else on the field. And I agree with you. That game was fun to watch. Mahomes and that offense with Tyreek Hill being that fast, I think they're going to be fun to watch. I don't know how many games they win, but they'll be fun to watch for sure. They'll be fun to watch. Um, 
something. I wish LJ was around here, but this who's Philip Lindsay? Philip Lindsay. It looks like Terrell Davis ran a touchdown in earlier. To, earlier yeah. Today. What? Who is this guy? I think he's a Colorado guy. Isn't yeah, he? he was from, from I think he's Aurora, from the state Colorado. Of Colorado. He actually went to like this Denver Broncos camp when he was like 12 years old. It was really cool. And were well, and were you on when we mentioned? Ahead, yeah, when we mentioned that he called Terrell Davis to ask if he could be 30. Because he wore thirty. Yes, his- this was who you were talking about. Yes, okay, I didn't. I didn't pick up on that. Okay, so he wore number thirty throughout. I looked at the stat line today. Yeah, well, he wore number thirty throughout high school and college, and because he grew up watching Terrell Davis and loved Terrell Davis, and then he got drafted by the Broncos. So, like, dream come true. And then after the preseason, once he realized he made the team, like LJ mentioned, he didn't even have to play the fourth preseason game because they were like, "This guy's making our roster. He's already in." So. Then he calls up Terrell Davis and asks, "Can I wear number 30? First off, the the set of the the pair you have to have between your legs to call. He's from he's from Denver, Colorado, and he's going to call up Terrell Davis and say, "Can I wear number 30 in a Broncos jersey as a rookie?" That takes a set. Well, and then I but that shows tremendous respect, right. which and, is at which which means something. So, and Terrell Davis was like, "It's about." He said, "It's about time that we dust off the old three O. I would proud to have this young man wear my jersey." And then Week One has a great week. Rushes, or I think he catches like a thirty yard touchdown. I, LJ told us when I mentioned the story to LJ, he was just like, "I, I he knew who Philip Lindsay was. He didn't know the Terrell Davis thing." But as soon as I said Philip Lindsay, he was like, well, I don't want to get on a big tangent because I know I'm probably the only person that's watching the Broncos' fourth preseason right. game. But but this guy's really good. I'm just saying. He's really good. I think that might have been about the time I went home or so. Yeah, yeah I was just I, like, I yeah, I think, I think the third running back for the Cowboys is pretty good too. But then this Lindsay guy catches a touchdown. It was really cool. Yeah. Well, so that impressed me, and I didn't make the connection until now that that's who we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, I'm glad you yeah. brought it up because I was going to forget, but yeah. Wow, that's very cool. I'm definitely rooting for him, and I thought Royce Freeman was going to be the guy there, but uh, boy, Philip and, and, and Royce Freeman had some carries, but yeah. but Philip Lindsay's going to definitely be a part of that backfield. Uh, and then uh, finally, uh, Dixon and Collins. You know, I thought uh, Alex Collins at Baltimore was supposed to be the guy, but Dixon carried the ball almost twice as many times. Yeah, Kenneth Dixon, which has uh, been a guy they like. He's yes, just been injured a lot. Yes. So, and then then the last thing was uh, at New England, uh, Dorsett. Dorsett had seven for sixty six in the TD. He was the leading uh, receiver. Hogan had one reception. Now I didn't see the game. You know anything can happen, right? And this is week one, but it was just interesting to see some of the some of the guys read the box scores, and those are some of the things that stood out to me so far. Well, so it's funny. I was gonna I was gonna throw out uh, something I was gonna call the you don't says and it's just those things that happen on NFL Sunday that anyone could have predicted. So the we mentioned earlier, but the Bengals had the only player that was kicked out for targeting because he hit Andrew Luck head to head. What you don't say? And then the Patriots, the other two are both in New England, where the Patriots one they scored in the final. Uh, they scored in the final two minutes of the second half, or in the first half. They they got the ball with like a, two minutes left, a little bit and some change. And, of course, they ran the clock perfectly. They end up scoring a touchdown with like 17 seconds left because the Patriots just always score mm-hmm. at the end of the mm-hmm. half. They're just so good at it. And then the other one was in New England, too, where Tom Brady, I think it's just a given, fourth and short, that man is going to quarterback sneak it, and he's going to end up getting it. He won't – at fourth and one, he'll get two. That's all he's going to get. But by God, I bet he gets it. Well, New England, and, here's the deal. The other thing in the Dallas game, I think, did they have two delay of game penalties in a row or something like that? I mean, here's my point. Coaching, you may not be physically as good as the other team. You might have physical limitations. Just think the game. Do the right thing. Practice. Don't make coaching point, mistakes. One of the announcers, I want. I wish I knew their name. It wasn't. It wasn't one of the games I really liked. You know, I watched my boy uh, Tony Romo announcing again today, and I still just loved him calling a game. But another guy had a really good point. I think that was the guy calling the uh, Browns and Steelers game, and the Browns had a lot of penalties. But he, the the thing he was critiquing was not necessarily penalties you have during a play because. You get those pass interference where right, shit right. happens, or yes. uh, roughing the passer where you just—it's—it's it's a mm-hmm. tough rule, you know. You, you landed with your full body weight or whatever. 
or holding where you just grabbed him. But it was he he was labeled off pre-snap penalties, and that's what you don't see from the, the Patriots. You don't see delay a game and false start and offsides. But with the Cowboys, you see all of them. You see false starts. You see delay of games. You see – and the Browns are the same way, and that is coaching. They preach to you to not – to not shoot yourself in the foot, you're going to have holding penalties. Burning, it's going to happen. There's holding on every time out to to keep from getting a delay of game penalty because Come, you can't get a playoff that, because you can't look at the clock. I'm, yes, just if you physically can't handle the guy across from and, you, that's one thing. Don't be stupid. Uh, be a ment- be a mentally and, at least be mentally able to. <laughs> pl- Men, just mentally don't beat yourself. Don't beat yourself mentally. There's one thing you can control, and that's being mentally there. I mean, that, Kevin, that's, <laughs> so it's funny. I, I'm going to say this, but so I'm going to bring up golf. Y'all can do the little thing, whatever. But, <laughs> I wish I, I wish Jose gave me the golf clip. I wish he did. But the thing is, I know I can't always hit the ball exactly where I want, but I should at least mentally decide I want to be – below the hole to put up hill or, you know, or whatever. I want to at least think where do I, where am I trying to go? And then if I have physical limitations, well, some of that I can't help, but at least mentally have a picture of what I'm trying to do. And so that's what we've dubbed that mentathlete. We're trying to be at least mentathletes, uh, if, and, if not athletes. So, <laughs> well, and I know we're, we're, we're getting on a tangent and anyone who's still who's stuck around with us so far it's it's the first sunday of football and we're this is rapid reaction i mean it's it is 8 30 we just got done watching a full day of games and we're just kind of reacting on the fly so i hope i hope people are enjoying it but you 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 mentioned in that game one of the things in the stat line that stuck out to you was philip dorsett mm-hmm. and he was really good he looked he was running good routes, and he looked athletic. And it was a guy – it's just funny to me. He was a guy that, that the Colts drafted first in the first round a few years back, and he just flailed out. He never worked out for him. And and the Patriots traded for him. They traded Jacoby Brissett, who actually might be a good backup quarterback and someone you might need since your quarterback's 50 years old or whatever Tom Brady is now. Mm-hmm. But but Philip Dorsett is another guy that another team took in the first round, and he didn't really work out there. But then all of a sudden, you get in Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels' system, and you look good. Another guy is Cordero Patterson. For mm-hmm. years, we remember him getting drafted in the first round and just thought, this guy's so good. If you can get him the ball, he's going to be so good. And he flailed out at four different teams. I mean, he went to the Vikings, couldn't figure it out. He had moments, but the Vikings couldn't figure it out. The Raiders couldn't figure it out. I think he played for. There's another team. I'm not. I can't. I can't mention. But all those teams could figure out was this guy is just a return man. We we don't know how he works. And the Patriots and Romo fit it perfectly. Romo was calling that game, and he said the Patriots learned that this guy, when you run him as a receiver and you have him running routes, he's just not that effective. But if you get the ball in his hands, he's a good player. So the Patriots are running these little bubble screens. They're running these reverses, and he's a productive player. And you just know. Why does why are the Patriots the only team that it's like they're playing freaking chess, chess and everyone else is playing checkers out there? It's so frustrating. Yeah, yeah. They're, but they're mentathletes. They're at least going to mentally be prepared. Um, anyway, I, yeah, I hear you. And I want to I want to move on a little bit. I want to touch on just a little bit of college football, just because I watched a ton of it. I know you were doing your draft, so you probably didn't have a lot of time to get to it. Besides. You, you may have watched the Razorbacks, which I'm sorry if you did, especially the second half. But it, there's one thing that was – I noticed this weekend watching some college football that really just I couldn't get over is there is – talent-wise, there is Alabama. And I know Clemson was tough with them. It was a really close game. But there's Alabama, there's Clemson, and there's Georgia. The talent level that those three teams have to the next one, it just is unreal. I mean, they are at every position – there's NFL players lined up, and then when they bring their backups in, it is unreal the gap yeah. between what Alabama and Clemson and Georgia are and then what teams like. Even even a good team you see uh, in LSU or you see other teams that you think – Ohio State, I, there's just – they're not even close to me. And then a close – the closest one would be maybe Oklahoma, and I know we've mentioned before and I'm hoping to – maybe dive into it a couple weeks from now, but Kyler Murray for Oklahoma looks like the real deal. 
I mean, he looks like a little mini Johnny Manziel. And I know there's a, there's a baseball franchise out in uh, Oakland that <laughs> wants him to quit taking snaps because they were they were playing him when they were up 42 to 7 and he just looks amazing. Oklahoma's got so much talent. But it's just wild to me the top teams in college football have way way more talent across the board than any other program and it's wild. Man, I I wished I could have watched some college football. I barely got to watch the Arkansas game and it again was disappointing. So um, I did see A&M was really close to Clemson. I think they played Clemson. Yeah, that like was a really a good game. game. The the Jimbo uh, Fisher rebuild looks like it's happening in a hurry. Zone. Yeah, uh, I want to get I want to get on to uh, some other sports real quick before we do. There's another thing that caught my mind, but real quick, and we mentioned it at the top, but a- as we said, my bookie is the presenting sponsor of the Just Press Play podcast, and. If you're gonna bet, if you're gonna bet on any sport, let alone whether it's the WNBA Finals going on right now, or the U.S. Open that just finished, or the Ryder Cup that's about to come up with golf or NFL, you you need to be playing with my bookie. You play, you win, and they pay. And actually, right now, if you're if you're a listener of of our pod, which first off, shout out to you, you're a good person. <laughs> but but if you're a listener of our pod, you type you go to mybookie.ag. That's spelled B-O-O-K-I-E. If you go to mybookie.ag and put in the promo code JPP, they will match whatever you put in for the free play. So you can put in a, up to $1,000, and they'll match $1,000. And you just play with it how you want. You can bet it all in one game if you're feeling ballsy or or do like I do and try to spread it out with a bunch of different parlays and stuff. But mm. they are by far the best out when it comes to – or the best play when it comes to, to betting on any game. But So I wanted to get to – the the U.S. Open. I don't know if you caught any of the U.S. Open, Dad. I did not. But there was Naomi Osaka, a twenty year old uh, Japanese woman, beat Serena Williams, the goat. Not only is she the goat of tennis, she might be the best athlete of all time. Like she's right there with the Muhammad Ali. She's in the conversation. The Jordans. Yeah, no, yeah. No. I mean, she is one of the best. But and it was a very controversial end, and I'll get to that in a second. But I just want to bring up. This was 20-year-old – I'll play it for you, Dad. This was 20-year-old Naomi Osaka after she advanced in the semifinals to get to the finals to play Serena Williams. And the great Tom Rinaldi asked her what uh, her what was her thoughts before she won the semifinals to get to Serena Williams. And this is what she said. 13 break points faced, 13 saved. How did you do that? This is going to sound really bad, but I was just thinking, I really want to play Serena. (laughs) And perhaps, given how much it was in your mind and how much you said you wanted it, a message to Serena. I love you. Her message to Serena Williams was, I love you. That It might not be the most intimidating thing, but, man, it was so cool to see. that. That's literally – so she's 20 years old, and yeah. Serena's been the best tennis player for at least a decade plus, probably 15 years. And she was just getting the chance to play her idol. Right. And right. it was just – that was such a cool moment that, that that happened after the game, and she was just like – they they asked, I mean, to ask her what were your what was your thoughts after you had thirteen straight break points in a row to advance? She was like, "I just really wanted to play Serena. That's yeah. what drove me. I wanted to play my idol. It was so cool." No, it was, and, and I think that was the utmost respect. She was like, "Much respect to Serena," and and uh, no, it was beautiful. That was very cool. It was so cool, and so the the U.S. Open in in the championship round. Uh, Serena ended up losing because she got penalized three times. She took a third penalization and we're not big. We're not huge tennis people. So we're not going to try to break into it. There's a lot said on that, whether she got penalized more than a man would have. And that's a whole different topic. And I I encourage anyone to go look at it. Her comments after the match was amazing, but we're not big tennis people. But I just thought that moment before just Osaka, just wanting to play Serena so bad it was so cool if we did a best and worst this week that would have been my best no doubt because it was just cool to see to see a 20 year old just living in the moment it was awesome yeah and so honest and open uh about it how her feelings that was very they're very cool very cool all right well 
I want to I want to wrap up how we always do, and uh, this is a a bit of a somber moment. I didn't want to bring it up at the top because this is a tough one. I, what what we'll, let's go to what we're listening to, and do you have a what we're listening to for this week? Uh, no, not really. I listened to a lot of music on the uh, on the uh, golf course this weekend with my buddies, uh, hanging out. But uh, okay, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Lights by Meatloaf. That's what I was listening to. Paradise by the Dashboard Lights by Whoa. Meatloaf. The, there the you go. name alone, the name alone just blew me away. I, the music may or may not be good, but the name was interesting. You've never uh, heard that song? I bet you will when I put it on the site. You probably heard it. Maybe, maybe. I'll, well, I'll definitely I'll hit the show notes and I'll listen, but I, I don't feel like I've ever heard of them. But I, I'll go. So for what my what what we're listening to, um, it's been a, it's been a, a tough weekend, man. So Friday, Friday afternoon, rapper uh, Mac Miller passed yeah. away due to an overdose, and uh, there's been there's been plenty of of celebrities pass away. Shoot, just this year there's been a lot of celebrities pass away. It seems like it seems like every year there's a lot, but I'm. I remember, so like Burt Reynolds passed away here recently, rest in yeah. peace, and Aretha Franklin. And I remember seeing stuff. I'll get on Twitter or Facebook, and I see people reacting, and it really affects them. And then I remember, specifically, I remember when Prince passed away, mm. and and I remember how much that affected you. And I thought, you know, it, it did affect me a little bit, but it was just, you know, more pay my, paying my respects to someone who really revolutionized music and was a great and same with Michael Jackson. Like I understood why people felt that way, but I didn't feel the same way. When Mac Miller passed away, that was that was tough. And I think it's interesting. Not interesting. It's just it's uh, thought provoking because I think people, a lot of people older than than people my generation, they would have got on Facebook or Twitter and saw pictures of Mac Miller and saw uh, a 26 year old who's tatted up and died from an apparent overdose. And and their first thought is why are all these, these young kids, like, why are they mourning someone who died because he wasn't, he, he, he did something dumb. And yeah, it it really, it honestly feels like it it feels like we lost a friend. Like I grew up in 2011 when I was, when I was 17, uh, Mac Miller was just blown up on the scene as he was 18. And he had, uh, different mixtapes where where he was just the kid he was being dumb and silly and having fun and he rapped a lot about smoking weed and stuff and then he went through the lulls of like his debut album kind of get was was critically killed because he people basically just called him like he's the frat boy rapper that's all he'll ever be he's the next asher roth he's not actually good and then and then he really touched into his his production side and started becoming like a real musician. Like he he started incorporating piano and and bass and drums into his stuff, and it was amazing. Like he sounded great. And then he he went into a dark place where he was really having problems with drugs, and that was when he came out with watching movies with the sound on and Delusional Thomas. And those were those were tough. I mean, you could tell this guy's dealing with some demons. And then. Just recently, he came out with Swimming this past year, this year, and that album, it really felt like he battled some demons and he beat them, and he was yeah. on the up and up, and you heard, it was a beautiful album. Anyone who hasn't listened to it, for, go listen to the Tiny Desk, Con, Tiny Desk Concert. I know we've mentioned it before, but specifically the song 2009, and it seemed like a guy who saw death and saw the, the things that he the, where his life was headed and he and he learned how to be happy just with himself and and then this news man if it it just shows like we all think people my age all think you know we're young we have so much life to live and there's we're so much potential in us yeah and and not only did he show us that no you're not and life is something you you cannot take for granted but he was someone who I, it it seemed like he figured it out, and still the tragedy happened. And man, it was it's been a tough weekend. I think for for me, a lot of people around my age, man, it's been it's been. It feels like you. It feels like we lost a friend, man. And Matt well, Miller was it, really good. 
if you don't mind me adding to that, I mean, you texted me that and it did set me back a little bit because I just discovered him with the Tiny Desk Concert. And I will admit, kind of like you alluded to, um, I had to get a, I had to get a little bit a past how he looks. I miss, I'm just being honest. Um, yeah. I mean, he is so tatted up and, and anyway, I had to get a little past how he looked, but when I did that and I listened to that 2009 was the song I was going to, uh, to, 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 to speak to as well and saw how he did it and, and kind of listened to it. I thought, wow, that's, that's, that's good stuff. I mean, it, it really is. And I mentioned to a couple of my buddies this weekend that Mac Miller died. And I'll tell you, in the, in the circle I run in, they don't know who Mac Miller is, and neither would right. I uh, without you guys. But uh, it's a shame, man. And, and I just – anybody that's that age and listening, life is, is sweet and short and something to be cherished. And don't be stupid. Use your head. I'm not, I don't know what happened to Mac Miller. Um, but, uh, you know, right, he, we don't know. And I, I don't know what happened. I'm not saying he was being stupid, but um, – Life's precious. Use your head. Take care of yourself. I mean, I think he had more to offer us. And, oh, you know, that's that, it. That's that, that, the understatement. I just, the, it's, it's, you see the sad. outpouring of, of other musicians who knew him. And there's there's no one that everyone says like he was the funnest person, happiest person to be around. And clearly, clearly Mac Miller was dealing with some demons. Mm-hmm. And, it, man, it seemed like he... It seemed like you beat him. I know we're ending on a somber note, and I'll, I'll we'll end on this. It's it's September 9th. Yep. It is LJ's birthday. It is the goat of, of Big Brothers. I'm telling you, they don't make <laughs> they don't make Big Brothers better than LJ, and he is by far the best the best uh, third leg of this tripod. The, the bipod's not near as good without him. Uh, <laughs> LJ, we're I, we're thinking of you, man. Today is today is. Uh, I'm I'm glad old I'm glad September 9th, nineteen eighty nine happened. That was a, that was a good day. It was a good day. I can remember it clearly. <laughs> and um, yeah, he's the goat of firstborns, I guess you could say. Uh, <laughs> I'll um, tell you, man, I, that's a good dude. And he's actually right now as we're recording this, he's out in Orlando, Florida. Him and Hannah, him and his uh, wife are out there just having a good a good week with the kids they teach theater. And man. LJ's awesome. Shout out to shout out to you, LJ. If, if nothing else, if you don't listen to anything else on this podcast, just know LJ's as good as they come, man. Love you too, L. All right, and that'll do it for this week's episode. I really appreciate everyone uh, tuning in. And uh, like I said, me and LJ, I mean, me and uh, Pops kind of went off the rails a little bit. You know, it was, we were just rapid reaction to some to some Sunday football. Uh, it's good to have football back in our lives. It'll be good when LJ's back with us uh, recording too to kind of keep us on track because I think we kind of got off subject. But, you know, it, it's been fun. Good to have you. Good, good to get to record with you, Pops. And as always, you can check our show notes at jpppod.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. It's super easy. Just just hit Just Press Play in the search and we'll pop up. And uh, if you're, if you're going to gamble at all for football season, hit up my book. You type in that promo code JPP. Dad, you got anything else? I think I'm out. I want to watch the football. So... Enjoyed it, kids. All right. Happy birthday, L. Thank you. Peace out. Peace.